And we are off once again. RTT 83. RTT 83. Rhymes. Mike and me. Yes. And you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, here we are again um, uh, in in the interesting times that we're in. And we're going to talk a little bit about, I guess, the interesting times to some degree. Um, And uh, let's just start out. Like, what's the interesting times like there? Anything new that um, is going on? Actually, we're here. We're um, hospitals are pretty full. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what St. Charles County is like. Um, we probably will never have a mask mandate, but we're sort of teetering on the edge of everything but that. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think, uh, yeah, we're, pr- we're not there. I think our cases have been steady, but they've also been a little down since we peaked pretty high in like May, then the summer and then August. And then we started to see a decline and then a steadiness. Um, so the, the schools are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the churches are, are all around us pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Some, some of them have, um, uh, mask optional uh, yeah. service. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we don't. So it's pretty, I mean, the, you know, the, the political discussion is not really hot here as you might imagine. Um, things have kind of settled down, um, post-election. Yeah, I mean that's similar here. I, I, in some ways, but it, it is people are exercised over it. Of course, that whether restaurants should be open or closed obviously makes a big difference if you're trying to run a restaurant or run a business and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, it's we've had I don't know. I think up maybe a third of Calvary staff has had it, wow. or, has, or has it now. Uh, a, a handful of people, uh, I think over Thanksgiving got it by meeting, yeah. you know, getting it together with families and so right. on. Yeah. Um, it seems like quite a bit. I don't know. I don't have any really thing else to compare it to. It does seem like quite a bit. No, it's, 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 and that's especially since I don't think we're giving it to each other. I mean, the way the timings of things and the, what we're doing in the offices uh, and mostly, you know, things like getting together with family and you find out your family member has it. Right. And then, you find out you have it as well as probably you got it and so on. So yeah. um, are the restaurants and whatnot closed down there? Uh, and no, in St. Charles, they're, they're open with uh, restriction, you know, with limits. Right. Um, in St. Louis County, they're, I think, I think they're all closed. Closed down for or, a few weeks or something. Yeah. Or next to close. So, so restricted that, you know, it's hard to operate. So, um, but yeah, it's bad here in that sense. Like the hospitals are, are, are yep. pretty full. Yep. Um, so in, you know, people obviously are doing all sorts of things with that, but, you know, people are doing all sorts of things with the election, with the pandemic, with, you know, there's this sort of people are a little more anxious mm-hmm. maybe on edge, mm-hmm. angry. Right. Yeah. Um, very like, stressed, very stressed, ready to, I I say, you could say on edge is probably a good way to describe it. Whereas we may have a little more patience with less stress. Like now people just seem ready to, you know, argue or ready to get back or. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sort of our setting. You could almost call it the perfect storm. Perfect storm. (laughs) Makes me think of that Saturday Night Live skit with Will Ferrell and it's the perfect cheer. I don't know if you ever saw that. Oh yeah. He was the cheerleader. Yep. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. Anyway, 
uh, it's almost like the perfect, the perfect cheer. cheer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about uh, this incident in Jesus's life in the, in the gospels. It's in Mark four. I think it's also in Matthew. Um, when the disciples uh, are in, and Jesus are in a boat and a storm comes and Jesus is sleeping in the back. Um, and let me just read that and, and let's just talk about it. Um, Cause I think there's a lot there. There's a lot there for me to think about um, and hopefully for us to think about together. Uh, Mark four, starting in verse 35, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, that's Jesus, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. Interesting wording. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So, again, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. There's a lot we could talk about. There's a lot that probably interests me. But this idea of, okay, they're in this storm and the storm is raging. If you just picture it, they're in this boat. When on the boat, I guess there's probably different conceptions of how big this boat is, but it's not like a huge boat. Right. You know, it's maybe 20 feet, something like that. 20, I mean, that's kind of the, you know, 20, 25 feet standard. And they're not tiny rowboats because there's, you know, all the disciples and Jesus are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's that big, but it's not like a, a yacht, you know, or a cruiser or whatever. Um, have you ever been on a boat about a 16 to 20 foot boat when the, when it's white yeah. captain yeah. on a lake? Yeah. It gets your attention. <laughs> it does get your attention. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so that's sort of, it's it, part of that, that it reminds me of the, you know, Jesus asking the guy, the paralyzed man by the pool, do you want to be well? And it's sort it seems a little like that where it's like, why were you so afraid? Well, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a fair you, question. You thought we were all going to die, maybe? That's, I don't, you know, just <laughs> riffing off the top of my head. Um, because, yeah, I mean, the, it says the boat was, like, nearly swamped. Yeah. And so, you know, that means, obviously, water, com- water coming over the edge of the boat to where the boat would sink. And you're in a furious storm sinking. I mean, I think anybody in the boat would be afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like it's totally natural. Mm-hmm. And yet, obviously, Jesus is God. His question is the legitimate question that should make us question what seems natural to us. You know, why are you so afraid? Um, because they're, they woke him and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Uh and, you know, I just, I picture this happening. The boats going up and down, wind, rain coming sideways, waves going over the time about Jesus is sleeping and they're waking him up, yeah. like all standing around him, holding on to stuff so they don't fly off the boat. <laughs> and it was probably like, teacher, don't you care if we drive? 
You know, it's kind of more like that, probably. It's not like sitting around going, I'm disappointed in you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's this kind of moment of panic, probably. And he gets up and he just, you know, I can imagine him going, you know, heavy sigh, you know, calming the storm. And it's like, what was the problem? Mm. You know, mm. uh, why are you so afraid? Um, and so I guess sort of, I'd like to kind of throw out this question that I don't know that I have an answer to totally. I mean, the answer seems somehow implied in the story, but what should they have done? What, what is the right response for the disciples in the storm? What should they have done? What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, you know, did, did they, are they supposed to rebuke the wind and waves? Are they, are they supposed to just go to sleep and it'll be, it's going to be fine. We'll wake up in a few hours. Storm will be over. Um, was it their internal stance that Jesus is more rebuking this mm -hmm. terror? I, a part of me wonders the afraid. Why are you so afraid? He said that after the wind and wave was calm. So obviously they were scared in the storm because they cried mm -hmm. out. But I wonder if it's and 41 points to this. It, there's a mixture of fear of we were just in a storm and then it got completely calm and that's not supposed to happen. Mm hmm. So that fear of having an experience that's out of the norm. Yeah. I don't know what they were supposed to do. Wake Jesus up and, you know, nicely and politely say, Hey, we, we trust you, but maybe you can do something about this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't think the message is when Jesus is snapping, do not wake him up. <laughs> it's like the grumpy dad taking a nap. Like, you turn kid. You're going in. I'm not going in there. <laughs> I don't think that's the message we're supposed to get here. So it's not that they woke him up. Mm -hmm. Like, and he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, why did you wake me up? Right. Um, you know, cause they thought they were going to die and, and, and they thought Jesus was unaware of the storm they were in. What, how, you know, the awareness of Jesus while he's sleeping, you know, the God man, you know, taking a nap again, then we're back to the mystery of the incarnation. We don't really know how that could possibly work. Um, but it's not, I don't believe it's like if Jesus took a nap, the devil could come in and kill all the disciples and Jesus would wake up and go, Oh no, what happened? Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I don't know how it works, but at some level um, they were at some level, they were obviously safer than they thought they were. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you mentioned the the devil. I have a it's not really a theory. It's just a thought, and I haven't really um, done the science behind it in the text. But I did hear a, a, a decently qualified teacher talk about when the word rebuked is used in the Gospels. It's almost always referring to um, Jesus rebuking uh, demons. And so here he rebukes the wind and, and the waves. So there's some type of, is there a potential connection between what's behind the storm, what's going on behind the storm? And, and I think mm. I would agree that in the end, it, it doesn't quite matter if it's right. God's, God's sovereignty, yep. if it's Satan behind the storm, but it's, it's some type of question yep. uh, of intrigue for me. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing. I mean, that's kind of goes back to the, the, you know, the conundrum of, it seems obvious to me 
they had pretty good reason to be afraid. And yet Jesus questions why mm-hmm. they were afraid. Um, and so I guess part of, I mean, obviously, you know, how, how do we apply this to our lives? Obviously we have to treat the storm somewhat metaphorically because it's not like we're going to be in a boat with Jesus in a literal storm. And that's now we know what to do or when, you know, that's, you know, what are we, what, why is this here now? Partly it's because it demonstrates Jesus' sovereignty, demonstrates his identity, but the reaction of the disciples is part of the story and part of, you know, something we're, we're supposed to learn something from that. Um, you know, what is that? And, you know, I kind of then, you know, in the storms of our lives, what, what should we do? How should we view them? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think part of I, I, what I, what I think I understand Jesus is saying is you've misinterpreted the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The thing that seemed obvious to you in the storm wasn't tr- true mm-hmm. because I'm in the boat. You were never in danger. Um, and that's, you know, I don't think that's a metaphor for because we have Jesus, nothing bad can happen to us because they were literally in a boat with Jesus. So we can't. Right. And then they all got, never mar- got martyred. Right. Um, they all got martyred. Yeah. So, but the, the, the general sense of you, the, the way it seemed obvious to you that what was going down here wasn't, isn't really like you misinterpreted the situation. Um, I really so like that. Go ahead. Well, I just, the question is how do we, what, how do we interpret storms? What's, how do we view this, the storms that we're in? What do we do with them? How do we think about them? Perspective, context, and so on. I don't know. I really like what you're onto there with the, the meaning or the interpretation of their events or their experience uh, was inaccurate. They had, it was a, it was a base level interpretation. You know, it was a um, elementary, if you will, interpretation or, uh, understanding and and I think I think that's a really strong point there and I don't know how to flesh it out but something with our initial responses to to pain to um, the storms the things that catch us off guard things that make us afraid um, it's probably a skewed interpretation understanding and I think there's always something behind that we're, that we're being invited to a deeper meaning, a deeper layer, uh, a, go, what's the CS Lewis quote further up and further in, like mm-hmm. go, go further beyond the, your first take on it. So I think that, that, you know, to talk about that for just a second, I think that takes a level of awareness, a level of, um, on some level, distrusting of your own interpretation initial interpretation or at least questioning it. I don't, I, this is how I'm experiencing this, but there may be something more to it. There probably is. What is that? How do I go further up and further and figure that out? Yes. I think that's well said. I think so. All right. So here's what I'm doing with that. It's not that they weren't in a storm and that they weren't physically in the apparent situation they're in they seem to be in danger they're in a storm so it's not like that jesus isn't saying you weren't really in a storm or whatever this isn't a storm he's saying 
there's more to this situation that you're not taking into account. There's things you're not seeing. Mm. There's a whole nother level to this and you're living it as if this is the only level mm-hmm. when there's a whole nother level here that should be at some level taken into account as the main thing that's really, really happening. And so maybe that's as, as you think about being in storms, am I just at the storm level? Am I in the storm so much mm. and focus so much on the, and it's not that the storm's not real, but am I focused so much on the reality of the storm that I don't have any perspective? How does this storm fit into, and I keep coming back to this, but it's sort of the handle I have for how does it fit into this bigger story mm-hmm. that this isn't the whole story. It's true. It's, it's not like it's not a storm. It's a storm, but it's not the entirety of the reality that there's way more going on. And how does the way more going on help me think about this storm? that I'm in. Uh, maybe that's, maybe that's kind of what one of the things we should probably be thinking about in this story. I love that kind of what you're saying. Absolutely. I love how you say that it's not that Jesus denies there's a real storm. So he, he, he's there with them. Um, he's there with us and it's not, it's not crazy making. It's not like, Oh, you shouldn't worry. Don't, 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 don't worry about that. You know, don't even think about that. Let's pretend that's not a reality yeah, for you. Right. It's not um, Jesus saying these are not the drawers you like. <laughs> not a storm. He's not doing that. <laughs> and and so it reminds me, I think it's Mary, and, and I'm just gonna riff here, I could be off, but Mary Martha, Lazarus dies, and there's a storm. There's grief, there's blinding pain, and Jesus acknowledges that. He weeps with them, he meets them where they are, but but he also says at one point in time. Uh, John uh, 11, I believe it's, uh, he says, uh, didn't I tell you though, that if you believe you will see the glory of God. And so again, it's there, there's definitely a storm here, death, but there's something bigger. There's something deeper. There's something behind it. And and we have to push forward to understand that. So, yeah, I think like you're saying, it's not that Jesus uh, doesn't acknowledge the storm or that that's their reality. The problem with us is we want to view that as the only reality or the mm. ultimate reality. Yep. yep. That's, that's our problem. We don't admit we have a limited sight right. and a limited experience and limited perspective. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting in that, in that episode, it appears as if, Mary and maybe both of them know there's more to it mm-hmm. and they're trying to understand how the more to it fits in. Right. Like I, okay. I, I know there's kind of more to it, but I don't get how the more to it fits in. And there's like an honest wrestling. It seems like, mm-hmm. like I know you're the resurrection you know, they kind of, but I don't know what to make of all of this. Right. Right. And I think that's sort of the honest struggle that obviously Jesus doesn't rebuke them. You know, um, he just sort of helps flesh them out and live in that, that honest struggle. Um, okay. So then if that's in some sense true or in some, you know, that circle overlaps truth in some way, there's something there for us to think about another, like, why does the storm exist or, or is another, you know, kind of coming back to that, um, do we, do we need the storm? 
Mm-hmm. Like, what if we never had storms? Mm-hmm. What would that, what would we miss? What would we not get? How would we be spiritually impoverished? Um, and not in a sense that, not in a sort of happy, happy the storm happened. Right. Sort of, you know, prosperity gospel sort of. It's not really a storm. Not in that sense at all. But without storms, what would we do? How would we be? Uh, how, what impact would that have on us? I just, I think you made me think of a few different analogies. Uh, one of them as, as children grow and you can make this analogous to our own spiritual, uh, growth process as children grow, it's very natural to say, take away the pain, calm the storm. Hey, there's a storm, calm it. And that's not a bad thing because that's, that's, what you ask for. And Jesus graciously accepts that prayer, I believe. But at some point in time, I think as you start to mature into adolescence, into adulthood, um, you start to realize maybe taking away the storm isn't the best thing for me right now. And so, yeah, I would probably knee jerk reaction, pray that. But right now, uh, I feel like there's a deeper process going on and I don't, I don't want to get out of that. I would like to like, let that run its course, as James says, letting the trials and perseverance run their course so you can be mature and you want to be that and you start to like that. So you start to accept the storm. Sure, you're fine if it goes away, but you're praying that you would respond well, grow deeper, um, see God in different ways throughout the storm. So I, I think there's that's one analogy. The other one is I thought of kind of waterfall, river flow. I think it's just natural for us to be similar to that, that we will always look for the path of least resistance. And there's even as we start to grow mature and we start to appreciate what maturity brings, there's still a part of us that says, yeah, but if I can just not have to show up to today and kind of like coast, or if I can just kind of take this path of least resistance or come, mm-hmm. I think that's still a ready battle that we have to fight. So the storm presses on that uh, in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. And it makes me think. Um, so there's two things I'm, I'm thinking about. I think it, it, in some sense, you know, if we need the storm, if the storm is some resistance that we need to grow, um, you know, because then we'll make anything that seems difficult, we'll make it into a storm. And then therefore something to be avoided. So then anything hard is the storm I'm in. That's good. Right. Just like your kids. I mean, studying for the test isn't a storm. It's not a storm. Having to write a paper isn't a storm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just life. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, you know, I shouldn't take that away because you need to do that uh, to grow and to whatever. Um, And so that's the sort of, uh, we can begin to interpret storms very subjectively. Like anything I don't want is a storm when in fact, that's not the case. Uh, and some, well, many of those things I don't want, I actually need. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have them, I wouldn't grow. Uh, and I wouldn't be the person. I'd be a child. I'd remain a child. And I, I mean, we, we all know people who sort of remain emotionally children. I'm sure. Who respond to life as a child and they hide. They, they're not honest with what's really happening 
you know, blame, whatever, whatever. Uh, and that's, I think what we would do if we treated everything as a storm that we didn't like as a storm to be avoided. Um, and so I think that's part of that. And then therefore, and then on the other side of it is I'm tempted to use storms for my own purposes, uh, to win, to take control, to, you know, something. Say more about that. Tempted to use it for my own purposes. Well, um, I I think it's, I I don't know that I have it fully fleshed out of my mind, but Mm -hmm. something like if, um, if all of these sort of untreated past storms in my life are still there, this storm is a, can be, uh, another stimulus to distract me from life and to self-medicate to work harder, mm-hmm. to drink, mm-hmm. to check out, mm-hmm. to just watch TV or whatever. I'm almost using the storm to continue to anesthetize myself yeah. from real life. That's good. And say, oh, see, real life is too hard and too painful. Proved it again. Therefore, I'm going to do the easy thing or something. Like I'm, we're always, you know, we're always going to do something with the storm, even even if we can say, oh, not a storm. Um, you know, I've got Jesus, so I'm never in a storm. That's not what the story's telling us. It's not true. Um, or yeah, this storm gives me permission to fill in the blank. Yeah. Almost, um, the, almost the lack of agency mentality Yes, gives me permission to blame. Well, that's my spouse. Like if they changed, I'd be fine. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So the storm of my relationship with my wife or the relationship at work, or that gives me, well then therefore I don't know. I have a choice other than to do whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's sort of, and and I I don't know, can I kind of get down to another level? I don't know if this makes sense, but like there's a sort of a proper storm of my own brokenness and living in a broken world that I always should be waking Jesus up about. And if I was doing that, it would put all the other storms in maybe better perspective. That's good. Like it's my default view of my life is the way it's supposed to work is I have clear sailing. I feel good. uh, Life feels good. Everything feels good. Okay. Well, that's, I'm not in that part of the story. That doesn't make sense in the big story. I'm broken and the world is broken. So some of that is the storm that, that I actually am in. Mm-hmm. And if me pretending I'm not in that is actually going to make, going to rob me of my ability to put everything else in perspective. Like, like let's say marriage or, or workplace or whatever. Like I'm part, I'm not a victim. I'm part of the storm. I'm part of somebody else's storm. Mm-hmm. And the more honest I am about that, the more perspective I have on the storms that I feel like I'm in. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Totally. I like your phrase, um, having to keep waking Jesus up and not for the sense, obviously theologically that we think God's asleep, but the, the more, but the more sense of like, but I have to keep going to him. I have to keep depending on him. I have to keep saying, Hey, wake up, like help me get perspective on this. Yeah. yeah I really like that. I think too, 
you know, so Advent is, uh, we're in Advent and I'm reading, uh, I always read this little book from Dietrich Bonhoeffer during this season. And the excerpt the other day was Advent is here where we await, where they awaited, the people got awaited the arrival of Christ. We uh, also await the second Advent, but he says, but our whole life is Advent. It's a, it's a season of waiting. You're waiting, you're watching, you're aching, you're living life in the darkness, waiting for the ultimate light to come. And what if this picture of this storm here is also, it's one of our experiences, but it's also a picture of our whole life in totality that we're having to keep going to Jesus to say, you know, to wake him up, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And our whole life is a series of um, tumult and, and experiencing and there's, squalls and there's attacks and there's challenges and Jesus is with us the whole time. The question is, are we going to keep going to him um, to help us gain growth in the middle of the storm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That was where I went with that. Hmm. Yes. I like it. Um, yeah. Still thinking about it. I like it. Uh, and it kind of makes me think of like, if, 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 I view my life that way, then the storm obviously doesn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily overly depress me or make me, it makes me anxious because I'm in this, this storm of life that I'm, that I need to keep a daily need to keep waking Jesus up. Um, and the alternative to that would be, I'm just picturing they're in the boat and they're going across and Jesus is asleep and the wind starts to pick up and it starts to get a little wavy and they do whatever, I don't know, whatever they're supposed to do in that situation. Like, okay, well, we can handle this. All right, we'll do this. We can handle this. Um, you know, we can handle this. Yeah. And at some point is, oh, we can't handle this. Right. And, you know, maybe it's better to, part of me, like the, I'm, I'm holding on to agency and responsibility part of me admits and yet that's true and yet there's part of me that i can't handle this mm-hmm. without transformation without spiritual empowerment without the you know the holy spirit like both of those things have to go together in some way that's maybe mysterious and maybe it's my continued i can handle this i can handle this and i kind of feel like in the pandemic there's all throughout I'm sort of, you know, you know me, I'm sort of, I try to be the ultimate realist to the point of sometimes being cynical or mm-hmm. pessimist, but like the virus is going to be around until there's like, we're going to be dealing with this for a long time. I've, you know, I said that back in, in the spring, like it's going to be next year before. And, Oh no. And just like two weeks we'll lockdown. And then it'll be it, like this, so many people are trying to tell a happy story to themselves. Right. right? right. Well, we can handle this. We'll just do this. And then even now it's like, if everyone just wore a mask and socially distanced, we wouldn't have any problems. I think people should wear a mask and socially distance, but we would still be in the pandemic. Yeah. Like, right. Right. I mean, the reality of the situation is it's probably at some level better than we think. And probably at some level worse than we think. And to recognize this sense of, I just can't handle life on my own. And that's a good thing. And my agency is sort of intertwined with 
living dependent, you know, living as a, is a, you know, sub region living is dependent on exercising my part of the mission, exercising my responsibility for my life, but it's intertwined with waking Jesus up repeatedly and being empowered, being transformed or whatever. Like those two things have to go together. And it's when I don't think I have to do the second thing. And I keep saying, I can handle this. I can handle this. I can handle this. And then at some point you realize, and there's anxiety building during that whole process because you begin to doubt mm-hmm. whether I can really handle this. Yeah. Right. Is this really going to work out? What's going to really happen with my kids? You know, will, you know, what will the economy, whatever, all those things that, that we can say that there's some part of that where it's like some healthy part of, I shouldn't be trying to handle this all of the time. It, it, it makes me think of, you know, the space between 37 and 38 where the storm comes, the waves break so that it's nearly swamped. It makes me imagine the disciples trying to, you know, frantically get the water out and it's, oh, it's crashing over. Okay, we'll get it out. They're fishermen. This is what you do. You've been in a storm before. You just try to, you know, whether you have buckets on the boat or whatever, but you get it out. And then you, then at some point in time, you realize we can't do this anymore. Uh-oh. We don't yeah. got it. Like, okay, we had it, but we don't have it. And now we have to wake Jesus. And I don't know if they fully understand. Come to this. Yes. <laughs> Come to this. I don't know if they fully understand what they're asking of him it's you know they address him rabbi i don't Mm -hmm. know and so maybe there's a connection there between seeing our storms for what they are and seeing god for who he is i don't know if they fully understand what they're who they're addressing and what they're asking him don't you care if we drown is one thing but hey can you just calm this sea is a completely other thing Mm mm-hmm um, maybe it's like get up and help, <laughs> and then he just stills the, stills the storm. So I, mm-hmm. do, I do think there's a perspective between a healing. We we need a healed God perception. We need a healed self perception. Um, you know, if you want to say we need a healed uh, world perception, so that we start to see our experiences of life a little more clearly. I don't think we'll get the full picture because I still think we're going to be limited and finite, but a little more clearly at least accepting our limitations mm-hmm. and, and, and trusting, I don't have to have all the answers or exactly how the story is going to end for me, but I trust that it's going to good places. Yeah. I think that's the right word. I mean, that's kind of what he asks. It's not, he's not saying you should have handled this better. He's saying, do you still, do you still lack faith? Like what is it? What is it? like to be in the storm to not feel like you are in control and yet to have faith. <laughs> and that's, I think the question that what is living in faith look like in the middle of this storm independence on Jesus. It's not, you know, any happy talk about the storm. If that's the question, it isn't even, you shouldn't have woken me up. It isn't any of that. It's do you lack faith? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably n- not a bad daily question mm-hmm. for us or ourselves and maybe to say it even more pointedly where do i lack faith and what does that look like in my life and how do i strengthen it um and what part does the storm play in the strengthening of of my faith it's not a bad question for you know for all of us that 
maybe at some points we need to recognize the storm as the storm in order to grow in faith. Because otherwise, what do we use? What do we need faith for if we feel like life is handled all the time? What do we need faith for if it's all least resistance? And I think there's uh, also a picture of prayer here. And this is where I would just say to me and encourage our, our listeners, where you see our programming and conditioning the strongest is often in prayer or in um, group prayer. And you think as where I see this, this kind of knee jerk reaction, typically the most, if someone is sick, we pray for healing. If someone is hurting, we pray for it to get better. If something's broken, we pray that it would get fixed. And, and to the, to the degree, again, I understand that that's not a bad prayer. I think it's a starting place though. And then it's, is there something more? Is there something deeper? Is God wanting to use this for a deeper purpose that we just can't know and can't define? So I would just encourage us. And I, I think partially it's just social conditioning. We just we're sitting around and everybody prays that. And that's the nice prayer to pray. So we pray that prayer. We don't want to say, but if you don't heal them, use this for something deeper. It makes us feel like the bad guy. Like, well, you don't care. You don't care. Right. Right. <laughs> so, right. I think that's right. I think that circles back around to what we were talking about earlier, that it's okay to pray for healing. It's probably also good to pray for whatever else God wants to accomplish in my heart and life in this situation. Like it's okay to pray for the storm. But like what should the storm be doing as part of this bigger story? Because my ultimate healing is going to happen when I sort of, you know, in a sense, formally rejoin the bigger story. That's when I'm ultimately healed. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that means I put healing now in the, you know, Lazarus was healed. He died again. And he was healed as a demonstration of what ultimate healing would look like. And hopefully everyone learns something about healing in that process. And that's sort of like, what should I be doing with this? What should I be learning? How should I be responding? How does my faith grow in the situation? How does it produce dependence and Christ-likeness and grace and forgiveness and love? Like, how should this be moving in me for God's glory? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's kind of where we'll leave it, you know, and that's in, in our current storm and any whatever, whoever's listening, whenever they listen probably you're in a storm. Uh, I just think that's the way life is. We uh, recognize it or not. Um, And it's okay to work against the storm and to steer into the wind and whatever else you is wise to do, but to pray for, to think about, to meditate on what does God want to do in me and others for his glory and the bigger story in this storm. Um, And how can how can I grow in Christ-likeness, faith, love, um, and, and all of these things and become a person of grace in the middle of a storm? Uh, and so let's leave it there. Grace and peace all. Uh, we'll we'll uh, continue to support, support each other as we're in storms together. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.